Hello and welcome back to the Get Unstuck and On Target podcast. I'm Mike O'Neill with Bench Builders, and we're speaking with thought leaders to uncover tips to help you break down the barriers that are keeping you or your business stuck. Joining me today from Pooler, Georgia, which is just outside Savannah, is Victoria Baylor. Welcome, Victoria. Oh my goodness, goodness, Mike. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for all your watchers and listeners. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to our time together. For those who don't know you, Victoria is a mindset and brand brilliance coach. She's an author and a TEDx speaker. And she has also been kind enough to be on our webinar earlier and our feedback from her session was so positive I asked, would you please join us for this show? So I'm delighted you're with us. Victoria. Oh, thank, thank you so I, much, Mike. It's good to be back. <laughs> well, you're, you're, um, you're a person I just enjoy chatting, both as we're recording and when we're not recording. You're a delightful person. And um, I think the folks who are going to be listening in, um, to this are going to really learn a lot. You know, I described yourself as a mindset and brand brilliance coach. But for those who don't know those terms, how do you describe that to others? What does it you do for clients? Well, uh, simply put, I help them figure out what they're extremely good at and how to leverage it in their business. So as a mindset coach, I actually like the duality of both roles. As a mindset coach, my job is helping clients overcome the mental blocks that they have. Most people don't realize those mental blocks are actually a majority of what they are thinking. Uh, conscious thinking versus subconscious thinking you only are thinking about 5% of your brain or your thinking is actually conscious versus the 95% that is subconscious. So most of the mental blocks and fears, self-doubt, uh, imposter syndrome, struggles that entrepreneurs are facing, they don't even know they have. So it's like an invisible wall. My job is to be the bulldozer to come mm -hmm. in and knock that down and point it out and help give them that clarity so that they can actually move ahead in their business uh, by leaps and bounds. And on the flip side of that, I get to, once they are nice and clear and I can help them understand their strengths and what their area of brilliance is, I actually help them brand their brilliance. So I help them from a standpoint, we think of branding, which is all about controlling um, or giving a strong impression of who you are and what you represent. Well, that is pivotal and like paramount in business. So helping them really develop a strong brand presentation and identity is like the next step in working with me. So I do offer one-on-one -on -one coaching, group coaching, things of that nature to really provide and help them. Um, in addition to that, I am a TEDx speaker and of course uh, a teacher. So I like to balance all of those roles and help people as much as I can. I love my job. <laughs> well, it shows. And I appreciate you kind of explaining kind of the sequence that you typically follow. And I was particularly intrigued to hear you describe that it starts with uh, the client having a clearer understanding of who they are and what they may be particularly gifted in. I think you referred to it as what might be their brilliance. Is that the right term? Yeah, I, I like to call it their brand brilliance, but yes, it typically, it really is their brilliance. And one thing I didn't mention is the whole goal is to help my clients shine. So that is an acronym for me that stands for showcase their unique expert, showcase their brand expertise, um, highlight their unique value, ignite their, their dynamic confidence, never back down from fear, and then help them expect maximum compensation. 
And mm. when you're shining, it's so it's just like a diamond. It I mean, people can't help but notice. But getting people to a place where they can really own their expertise, see what makes them very unique, have them, you know, see fear as a feedback versus fear as an impediment. And, you know, so they can't move forward. And then just having them push forth in their confidence, getting them to that place and then have them being paid and compensated for it. That is always a, that's a tricky five steps. So working with clients one-on-one again closely allows them to really help polish that diamond because in my world, everybody's a diamond. Everybody's uniquely gifted. They are amazing, but half the time they don't realize it. My job is to polish, like I said, the heck out of them. <laughs> help them see just that and then help them confidently step forth in building a business um, and showcasing who they are. So it really makes a difference when people can see their own shine. It allows them to have the confidence to shine better in front of their colleagues and their ideal clients. Victoria, you described that it starts with self-awareness. And then I, this is not the term you use, but once they understand themselves better, then they also need to embrace that there are things in which if with maybe a little bit of work, they can really shine. Um, you mentioned something about the kind of the roadblocks that we maybe subconsciously put in our own paths. Can you elaborate about kind of what is it, what is it we say to ourselves that oftentimes is self-defeating? Well, you know, so the thing is we pick up these, uh, if you think about it, affirmations are really great statements and decorations of the good you want to accomplish. But on the flip side, unfortunately, we live in a world where we're constantly picking up messages. And sometimes it's not even just we created the message for ourselves. We're hearing it out in the community. We're hearing it from people we love most. You, you know, why start that business? You'll never make it. Or, you know, no one's going to buy from you or who's going to pay attention to you. So you have the external messages. And then on the flip side, you also have oftentimes those internal messages that, you know, when you unfortunately suffer maybe a failure or suffer a defeat, then it, that inner negative voice starts to kick in and says, look, you can't do this again. All you're going to do is mess up. Or maybe you've done it seven times and you're just a perpetual failure. So again, without being consciously aware, it's easy to adopt those messages and they play like a tape record in the back of your mind. And that's why it's so important to cultivate mindfulness as it's called, which is being consciously aware of what thoughts are being perpetuated. So if you go to write an email and all of a sudden you have this kickback, don't write it. No one's going to listen to it. No one's going to read it. You want to think, why am I having this hesitation? Why am I having this block? Why can't I take action? Why am I struggling? Thinking about what, are you, what you're thinking about is the first step to realizing, okay, my thoughts aren't in alignment with where I want to go. I need help with this. And oftentimes it's not something you really can help yourself. So getting a really great coach, getting a really great mentor, and that's why I like to help, is really pivotal and helping. Because again, most of those blocks, they happen like, if you think about the speed of a thought, it happens mm -hmm. so fast. Most people don't even realize it's happening. You know, we, I kind of wanted to dig a little bit deeper on that because I want to make sure I had a, a good understanding of that foundation, that that's how you start with your clients. And then you move them to um, kind of recognizing that they as individuals have a brand, uh, a personal brand. And I believe you try to help your clients uh, define that and elaborate and play to those opportunities where they can shine. Am I understanding that correctly? Absolutely, absolutely. And what I wanna point out is 
what's a very unique take on people is what I tell my clients is um, everyone has a kind of a, a makeup. They have a structure to who they are. If you look at like Myers-Briggs and you really subscribe to that, there's actually different personality types. What's very interesting is that I have a very unique um, philosophy on weakness because I believe a lot of people spend way too much time thinking about their weakness and trying to conform that into a strength. But there's a flip side thought on that. A lot of our weaknesses come from our strengths in excess. And most people don't realize that. So for instance, if I'm working with a client that's highly altruistic, that is part of her makeup. She's very focused on helping other people. If that strength kicks in excess, what do you think the problems are for her? She's not paying attention to herself. She's not having any boundaries. She's letting people run over her. So my job is to help really kind of get people back into calibration and allow them to use their strengths in such a beneficial way where it's not actually creating a problem for them, it's actually helping them build up a strong brand identity and actually allowing them to infuse that into their business so people can see the value that they have to offer. And that value isn't tainted by any negativity that's rising up um, at the same time. So to your point, as you asked, it's really about taking their strengths and it's not just their strengths. My gosh, there's so many different elements to every single person. You're talking about their talents. Those are things that they're born with. No one taught them. Uh, passions, um, perspectives, education, so many different elements. A lot of people don't know how to take all of those dynamics and mold it into like a brand identity, like a brand message. And my job is, which is what I love, and it really does stem back from my analytical abilities and my background in research science and some other things I had going, I can see all those puzzle pieces and I can put them together and actually create a picture and having a strong identity and ideology so that people can actually see that. And when your values align with their values, they actually are drawn to you. But most people don't know what they stand for so securely and so strongly that it's hard for them to promote themselves because they don't have that strong brand identity and they don't know really what angle do they need to step out in the market that's going to get them the most uh, viewership and the most uh, attention. You know, Victoria, you were able to express yourself so well to explain complex things in a way that um, I'm following and I trust that our listeners are as well. I suspect that is one reason why you were asked to be a TEDx speaker can you tell us a little bit about that experience and what you might have learned from that experience? Oh my gosh, that experience, first of all, was magical because uh, I had actually applied for TEDx the year before and had been denied, which was fine. It, it was actually a good thing because mm. at that time I was able to kind of rally. I was dealing with my own, I like to be honest about stuff, especially with my clients. I was dealing with my own inner workings of, okay, I'm a coach. I'm doing this. This is great. I'm seeing women really, their lives being changed. Like, I just need to own this and make this my mainstay. So by that time, I'd really just settle into my coaching business. And I said, okay, TEDx was off. Well, they had open um, call again. And it, it's kind of funny because I actually wasn't gonna apply. And it was the last two hours. And I looked at my husband and I said, well, do you think I should? Because <laughs> by that time, it wasn't about really trying to grab onto something like TEDx to define me. I had already been defined. and and. I've been defined by the work I feel like that I've been called to do that God has purposed me to do. So I was really kind of just not trying to look for anything to, you know, define me. And that goes back kind of to my background, which is what my TEDx talk ended up being about, which is having these different roles and being so 
focus on um, defining yourself by those roles versus knowing who you are. So needless to say, I did apply in the last two hours. And a few, uh, like a, I think a few weeks later, I was, I had just finished a session with the client. I looked down at my computer and I saw two words. I was like, that I didn't think need to belong together, which was congratulations and TEDx. Wow. <laughs> and I remember like, just kind of like throwing my laptop in the air and thank God I caught it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I like cried 10 minutes straight because I'd always loved TEDx. I love thoughts, leaders. I love ideas. I mean, one idea can change your life, which is why I like to teach. And I love to inspire and connect with people. But the whole process was actually amazing. It was really difficult to kind of whittle down on an idea of what I wanted to present. But the meeting itself was perfect. It was my, my ideal client, which are females. I do work with some men, but it was really about the bold and the brilliant. That was the title. And it was about helping women. So I thought of how can I present something and on what topic would it be very helpful? And I had to look at myself. And I think that's the amazing thing which I help clients do because we sometimes ask, how can I help people around me? And what's crazy is the answer is actually in you. It's in your experiences and your perspectives, and but we don't give credibility to it. You're like, no, I need to be that rock star. I need to be this person, but it's in you, your story, all of that. So I did what I do for my clients. Now I did my own deep dive and I said, okay, I have to own my story. And I had to go back and tell my story of how I struggled with, um, I've always been a highly accomplished female, but I never really knew who I was. I always you know, attached my worth to what role I was playing. So when the role didn't no longer fit, I kind of lost who I, my, my identity. So my TEDx talk is you are who you are, not what you do. But the great thing is I really reclaimed myself because I did the deep dive work I had never done, which is figure out what makes Victoria tick. And when I did that, oh my gosh, that was amazing. That's when I settled on, okay, I am definitely a coach. <laughs> Personal development is my jam. It's what I've been doing since I was a kid. Explains why everybody would always ask me questions and always ask me for advice. And um, it was just really, really great. But uh, my background was actually in, not to be long-winded, was actually in research science. And, and the reason I got confused was since I was eight years old, I always wanted to be a marine biologist and I love it. I ran after that that goal. I actually achieved my degree, got into uh, microbial ecology science for 15 years, but that's where I lost myself because again, I saw myself eight-year-old, this is what I'm supposed to do, this is my life, but I never took the time to get to understand Victoria. So when I got the time to understand myself, I realized there is an element I've always had. It's a theme in my life. I've always been interested in what happens under the surface of things. The ocean was just one aspect of that. But I've always been interested in what happens under the surface of people. And I've always been able to connect and probably to some degree a lot better even than just the sciences. People make sense to me. So it was just amazing coming full circle, using my gifts. And now my job is helping invigorate people and help them use theirs as well. Um, I have the benefit of I'm watching you as we record this and your eyes just kind of light up as you begin oh. <laughs> uh, kind of explaining this journey. You know, the name of this podcast is Get Unstuck and On Target. And what you're describing here sounds in many respects that though you had a successful career, um, it sounds in so many words that you concluded you didn't know yourself. And as a result, did you feel personally kind of stuck? Oh, absolutely. But well, what? so I knew myself up until a point, to be fair, 
But what happens is when you don't really have strong roots and like really knowing yourself deeply, the winds of life blow. And when things blow your way, and, and what I did mention, based on my personality type, uh, perfectionism was just an issue I always struggled with. Uh, it was just kind of more self-imposed. It is part of my personality. So I've, I didn't even know that was an issue. So when I ended up in an environment like research, which is, I mean, they, we don't even know what we're doing. We're testing things. I would take those uh, disappointments and failures as personal hits, mm. like it was something wrong with me. And if you can imagine, if you chop at an oak tree long enough with an ax, it's going to have some dents in it. So had I known now that that does not define me, I'm not defined by my failures, I'd be a whole different person. But that is the point. When you don't really know who you are and what you're working with, you tend to define yourself by everything that's happening around you, what people say, what they don't say. And I just, I remember specifically when I was younger in high school, I graduated at the top of my class and uh, same thing for college. And I remember specifically that I would get up at like four in the morning and go study. And I didn't have parents that pressured me. I had a very humble upbringing. My mother was a homemaker. My dad was uh, army, army dad. So I was a, a military brat. But I always had this drive that it was, it was driven by two words. What if? What if you do great on this test? What would happen? What if you push it to the limit and study? What would happen? And because of my own internal curiosity and drive, I did very well. What was interesting about that question is that in when years passed, that question turned on me. So instead of having that curiosity and that zest and that drive to be Victoria, go get it, let's tackle this. What if became, what if you fail? What if you say something stupid and people look at you? What if, and it's like, it, I lost my what if. <laughs> and I remember documenting that in, in part of the chapter I wrote in, on the book compilation. So it was pretty amazing when I finally got to the bottom of myself and I had lost my confidence. Same person, same gifts. That's why I tell my clients, I'm like, your gifts haven't gone anywhere. They're just laying dormant because you can't see them because you're looking at all the negativity. And when I, thankfully through God, when I pulled myself out of that hole and I saw, start rediscovering myself, I kind of give it because my what if came back. And boy, she came back really fierce. She was like, what if you do this and you do super well? What if you do this and you really um, help people? And then I find myself slowly but surely years ago when I was coming out of all that, just taking those steps. And then those steps became jogging and then jogging became running. And it's like, oh my gosh, I found Victoria again. So when I work with people, I, I work with them on such a deep level that it really is about them. I help them find themselves. I was working with a political candidate and she was amazing, but She's running against all these Ivy League guys. She was female. She was like, I can't do this. You know, I'm just this wife of military spouse. And when we went and started combing through all her experiences, her education, all this stuff, nothing outside changed, but we changed here. And I remember when I got a call from her, she said, I was terrified to speak in front on a mic. She said, I just heard your voice tour. I yanked that mic out of her hand. I started talking. And what's crazy is she hadn't put it down since. She got elected, she's serving well. Every time I see her, I smile and she motions a thank you. But I always tell people, I don't make diamonds. I did not give her any of her gifts. All I did was help her see that she always had them. So that is the beauty of people. I was like, you know, people's gifts are God's job. I don't make diamonds, I just polish them. But that is the beauty that happens when you find yourself it takes you to a whole different level in how you self-identify 
and how you step out strong in your brand identity to all those around you. This is very interesting as I'm listening to you describe how you helped a client recognize that she was a diamond and you help her kind of find her voice. Um, you describe how TEDx, you didn't use this term, but it really sounds like the TEDx experience was a blessing for you because it gave you an opportunity to step back and really um, review who you are and where things are and to ask that question, what if? Uh, to what extent has that prepared you for your, as a business owner? And we have, as you know, our listeners are leaders. They may be owning business, they may be running businesses. So from the perspective of a leader, you as a business owner leading your own business, how might you begin kind of tying some of the things we've talked about to how you've applied this to your own business? Oh, that's a great, great question. Um, essentially from that standpoint, you know, the, and just kind of backtrack just a second for the TEDx thing. I think what TEDx really gave me was a stage to, because I had done the work prior to that. It gave me a stage to finally share that to other people and share it with them, which is really great and help them see for themselves and ask that question. Am I, do I really know who I am? Um, but as far as, as how I apply it in business, it's very simple. I'm, I'm a very, one of the great things I think I like about myself, and this is why it's important to know yourself on every angle. When I say I've taken literally probably like every personality assessment, <laughs> and then I'm highly analytical anyway, so I notice what most people miss. It's very simple for me, and this is why and how I help clients. I, it's really important to be succinct in business. Boundaries is a beautiful thing. If you think about it, the ocean comes up so far on the beach, and then it goes out. We know what happens when boundaries are broken in that regard. There's a hurricane, there's devastation. Boundaries are important within your business and the scope of how you frame yourself. So as I tell my clients, I'm, I, if it's not speaking, teaching or coaching, which are things I'm exceptionally skilled at, I won't do it because it's all about energy management and doing, doing what will give you the greatest ROI. If my question every day is, God, how can I help the most amount of people? It will do me no good to do things that, that where I'm only mediocre. I want to do things where I super excel. That's why it's really important to do the deep dive because if it doesn't, when you're super strength, when you have a strength or you're super skilled at something, it is, it, it really doesn't even take much effort. I mean, I can coach seven people a day and not even break a sweat. You know, I like my breaks in between because sometimes we go some real heavy stuff. We do trauma coaching, things like that. But when you're gifted at something, it doesn't phase you. Your brain just works with it. And I find that a lot of business owners are working against how they're wired. And just like, just kind of trying to swim upstream. It's not gonna work for you. So my advice is, which I give to clients that I readily follow and they always appreciate is to be very clear on where your strengths lie. Focus on those. Second of all is be clear on how you define yourself. And you wanna do it. I think the problem is that people dilute their personal definition. They're looking at one trait, one this. We are complex people. And I think the beauty is in the entanglement of the complexity. When you're looking at the theme of someone, like who they are, what have they experienced, what's their background? That's why I always tell my clients, you're your greatest asset in business. It's not your product or service. Because if you're just relying on your product or service, if people get tired of you, they can find that product and service somewhere else. 
But when people kind of latch in and they like you and they like your philosophy and they like what you represent, that's a whole different ballgame. But you have to be the one to put that together and present it to them in a palatable form so they can really understand who you are and get a good understanding for your dynamics. So having that kind of clarity is also important. And then um, I think I, I have to say anything is um, managing everything else around you because I am a wife and mother. I didn't, I didn't just drop those two roles. And, you know, I do work with entrepreneurial women who are the same and it can be very tricky to try to balance a business, which is oftentimes like a newborn baby <laughs> until you get it out of the stage of infancy. Um, and I remember those newborn baby times where it was like shower or eat, you're not getting both. <laughs> and I nursed too, so it was like really involved. Um, but for the woman that can't know how to juggle that it can be overwhelming. So it's really about getting those priorities straight and not trying to think of your life in terms of balance. I, I really do think that's a curse word because me from a logical standpoint, balance means everything gets equal parts and there's no way in the world that happens. There's been times where I could not clean my house. I mean, it wasn't filthy, thank God. <laughs> it wasn't as immaculate as I wanted because this week I need to do this. And it really is about being okay up here. This is the battleground right here. The things we tell ourselves and the things we think has to happen in order for us to be happy. And that's why I think COVID in a weird way, as horrible as it's been, in an odd way, if you had to see a, a glimmer of, of a blessing, I think a lot of things that people define themselves with that they thought they needed when they realized they had to think of another way or they had to be closer with family members or you had to result, you know, settle with board games on Friday night versus going out across the town. It really probably reshaped the way people saw what they really needed to be happy. And so many people have excess and they're just, it's overwhelming them. So it's really about, I do have, I do take a holistic approach to my coaching where it's looking at the person, helping bring out the best in them, helping them put up great boundaries, helping them stay focused on what their goals are, and then just help them rapidly reach those while at the same time maintaining that sense of internal contentment and happiness. And that can be a juggling, that can be very interesting at times, but it's completely doable. And I'm happy to live a life where I get to showcase that. Victoria, this has been a very rich conversation. If you were to kind of step back and reflect on what you've shared with us today, what might be the takeaways that you want to make sure that our listeners have, make sure they've heard from our time together? Oh my gosh. My first one is of course, the whole goal of the, us talking together, which is take time to get to know you. I can't tell you how difficult that is for people. They spend all their time giving it to other people, really be selfish with your time of self-improvement. And then to spend time every week, making sure you are pouring back into yourself. You know, we're not an endless supply as a cup. You know, we pour out so much, but who's pouring into us? And you can't rely on someone else to do it. You have to do it for yourself. So get to know yourself. Um, the other thing is don't look around you. Don't negate what, the qualities of you, your experiences, your talents, your time. So it's easy to be dismissive and it's not intentional. It's just we have oftentimes this blind spot. There is a principle, it's called Jahari window, where you can't see your own good and other people see it for you. But just take some time to ask other people, what am I good at? Really strengthen the ideas you have about yourself and your capabilities. And then lastly, I would say is that think in terms of your mindset. What are you thinking about all day? 
when you go to do something like really focus, keep a journal, think about the first thought that comes in your head, write it down and really, if it's, if it's seeming very toxic, then you wanna do some stuff to correct that type of thinking. And then think about lastly, what as a brand are you presenting to people? As far as a message, what do people think about you? What impression are you making? And you wanna make sure the feedback that you get, you can ask some people, it matches your intentions. Because the worst thing is you intending to come across a certain way or intending to present yourself and your expertise in a certain way, and then it doesn't get perceived. And then that just creates an issue that prevents your ideal client from knowing, liking, and trusting you. And if they don't know, like, trust you, they're likely not to spend money with you or use your services or products. So just important to kind of, as you can tell, a lot of what I do is really focus on the business owner. And I can't, oftentimes that's the last person that gets focused on. It's usually external. So my job is making it more internal and helping people see themselves and operate on a greater level so that they can have a more success in business, but also more personal satisfaction as well. Victoria, you did a masterful job of kind of packaging up everything that we've talked about. The gift wrap is neatly done, but you put a bow on top of it by that last um, uh, set of uh, responses. I appreciate your willingness to do that. Hey, for folks who want to reach out to you, what's the best way for our listeners to connect with you online? Oh, well, I am self-branded. So that's super easy. Just remember my name. You can go to www.victoriabaylor.com. Uh, you can email me at victoria at victoriabaylor.com. All of my social media hand handles are under my name, minus Twitter, which is D. D is in Denise, my middle name for that Victoria D. Baylor. Um, and I'm pretty approachable. Feel free if you have a question, thought, insight you want to share. I would love to hear from you. So don't hesitate to reach out. We will include your contact information in the show notes. So just know that that will be provided uh, when you download this uh, episode. Victoria, thank you. Thank you so much, Mike. You are just, uh, I, you know, I sing your praises. You're just an amazing person. Thank you so much for what you're doing and all the insights you're providing your audience. Yeah, I mean, you're just, you're superb. <laughs> well, goodness, I do appreciate you saying just that. And for our listeners, I wanna thank our listeners as well for joining us for this episode of Get Unstuck and On Target. We've lined up great thought leaders like Victoria that I'm sure you'll enjoy getting to know. And we are uploading the latest episode every Thursday. So I hope you will subscribe to this podcast and invite other leaders to do the same. The easiest way is to go to your browser and type unstuck.show. Again, unstuck.show, or you can go to our website, which is bench-builders.com. So I wanna thank our listeners for joining us. I hope you've picked up some tips that will help you get unstuck and on target. Until next time. <laughs>